the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. With your host, Mary, a pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cult, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Uh, well, tonight we come to, I believe, part six in our new teaching regarding the uproar and the lawlessness and violence, division, and spiritual warfare in our country today. Ever since the, the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this one thing and has ignited a war among those in the American cities and the people are looking for answers. People are looking for solutions, and they're looking for them in all the wrong places. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us <clears throat> some solutions by getting to the root. we got to get to the root so we can bear fruit. But well, we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Dr. Buckner, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm here. Thank you so much for that All right. introduction. Um, so we uh, have been talking about this series, talking about you got to get to the root to bear fruit. you got to get to the root to bear fruit. And we've been learning and studying from Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 14 through 17. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17. Again, this uh, scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 to 17, addresses the root problems of our day and also gives answers to the problems of our day. Everything uh, you see and hear, what is going on in the inner cities on the news, the Bible has answers for those problems uh, on uh, every scale uh, in Christ. And in this teaching tonight from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 to 17, I will continue to do an exegetical study of these verses, verse by verse, uh, to help you better understand the root problems we have in our lives, in our communities, and in the world in general. Now, let me review what I have uh, said the last several weeks, and we want to encourage everybody to get your pens and your paper and get your uh, Bibles as well. And uh, get these points down. Number one, uh, number one, all sin goes back to the root of bitterness towards God. All, number one, all sin goes back to the root bitterness, the root of bitterness towards God. And uh, this goes back as far as Lucifer in heaven. You know, he got bitter towards God because he could not 
uh, have his way and trying to be like God. And then what he did was he took that bitterness right into the Garden of Eden and uh, persuaded uh, Adam and Eve, tempted them to be bitter towards God. And then Satan uh, has tempted the entire world from that day on, uh, from the Garden of Eden, humanity as a whole, to be bitter towards God and bitter towards each other and bitter in the community. And we see today in our communities so many people are angry and bitter uh, against uh, God, against uh, each other. Because my fellow man, uh, when I'm not right with my fellow man, I'm not right with God. And when I'm not right with God, I'm not right with my fellow man. And what Satan has done is that he has blinded people to, uh, to understand that People are not uh, the villain. You know, look at these two Bs. People are not the villain. That's Satan. People are victims of the villain, who is Satan. And we know that people are not our enemy. But look at the world today. They're looking at the police department as being the enemy. They're looking at the president of the United States as being the enemy. They're looking at... uh, White people, black people, and all different races of people are being the enemy. Uh, And yet the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12, when it comes to spiritual warfare, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. People are not our enemy. Satan is our enemy. And we need to keep our eyes on the spirit behind the people and ask God to deliver them. That's the way people need to be thinking today, and thinking the way God wants us to think. Number two, the root of bitterness, according to the writer of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, causes trouble. And in this trouble, it causes one to be defiled. And we see a whole generation of people today just being defiled with the things that they're doing today in our world. You know, bitterness always gives birth to defilement, and we see defilement happening everywhere in our inner cities. Look at it today, what people are doing. Looting, stealing, attacking cops, beating up one another. You know, cops also killing people, trigger happy. People have gone to the state of defilement, and they have no peace, no purity, no holiness that the writer of Hebrews talked about, and in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 to 17, and without holiness, we can't see the Lord, meaning that we cannot be in his presence now and ultimately in his presence in heaven. Number three, the root of bitterness can cause one to fall short of the grace of God. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, he talks about this root of bitterness can cause one to fall short of the grace of God. You know, I don't want to fall short of the grace of God. I want the grace of God to have its full way with me. And uh, this is one of the reasons why the world is going crazy and going to hell in a handbasket because they don't have the favor of God upon them. When you don't have the favor of God upon a a society and upon a church and upon a world, it's going to go to hell in a handbasket. And so 
And this brings us now uh, to this thing of bitterness, uh, this thing of bitterness, number uh, three, you know, that it's the, that this bitterness, like I said, causes us to fall short of the grace of God. And let me say this now, uh, along with this uh, fourth point uh, that I want to bring out that's so important, uh, that this bitterness that happens in our life, it springs from one being uh, angry, one being uh, abused and uh, misused, and somebody who's uh, uh, wanting to be revengeful. And we see this happening uh, in the life of one that the writer of Hebrews bring out, and that's Esau. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter uh, 12, verses 16 and 17, now the writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, he mentions Esau. He's a classic example in the Old Testament. It says, lest there be any fornication or profane person like Esau, who for a marshal of food sold his birthright. Now look at Hebrews 12 and verse 17. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for uh, He found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligent with his tears. Just like Judas Iscariot, you know, he, he, felt he had tears, but not repentant tears. See, we got a lot of people like that in our churches and in our world today. We learn about this whole story with Esau in Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 through 34. In Genesis chapter 24, uh, 25 rather, Genesis chapter 25, verses 29 to 34. Now, I'm not going to read all of that uh, to you, but I would encourage you to uh, read that. Uh, now, the question is here is this. Now, doesn't this story with Esau sound familiar? Doesn't it sound familiar? Uh, Jacob gave, uh, and Esau ate. We learn about that in Genesis 25 and 34. And Eve gave, and Adam ate. Doesn't this sound familiar? Listen to all of this now, how the devil works. Jacob gave, and Esau ate. Genesis 25 and 34. Then my next point is that he gave to Adam, and he ate, Genesis 3 and 6. And then we learn, we see how the root of bitterness went from Satan in heaven to Adam and Eve on earth in the Garden of Eden, to Jacob and Esau. Then it moved on later on, the root of bitterness uh, affected Joseph and his brothers. They were bitter towards Joseph. And then it moved on to David and his brothers. Even David's son, Absalom, had bitterness towards his dad, that he tried to kill his own dad, but he ended up getting killed. You see, the root of bitterness through Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, and even the Jews having so much bitterness towards Jesus, that they and the Roman soldiers nailed him to the cross. But this bitterness started in heaven. Lucifer, and he brainwashed Adam and Eve uh, to believe that God was holding back on them, that he was holding back on them. He was, so, so he was believing in, in heaven, Lucifer, God is holding back on me because he, and according to 
uh, Isaiah 14, he wanted to be like God. So he felt God was holding back on him. So he played the same trick with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. With Eve, has God not said of every tree of the garden, thou mayest not freely eat? In other words, God is holding back on you, Eve. He won't let you be uh, a God like he is God. And he does these old tricks all the time. He plays it on the whole human race, the entire human race. Says God is holding back on you. You need uh, reparations. Uh, and there's a, a socialist Marxist mentality that's now into racial injustices, and they're using racial injustices in a Marxist uh, socialist way and going for burning, uh, attacking police. Uh, attacking society, attacking America, that America needs to be rebuilt. Uh, this is nothing but Satan at work. Uh, at work. And he's working in a mighty way, brainwashing people that God is holding back on you. America is holding back on you. This unrest in our major inner cities of America uh, that God is holding back. So let's loot. Let's steal. Let's be violent. Let's burn. And we have these different slogans, and then we get people uh, into feeling so bitter around black victimization and white guilt that people don't know what to do with themselves. And they have some people, I'm going to say this in closing, the black Hebrew Israelites were in the inner city one day, and they had all these white people going around uh, kissing their black boots, white guilt. And then they had uh, other people shining their black people's shoes, white people shining their shoes. See, this white guilt. And then black victimization. You know, as long as I make you feel like, you know, you're unworthy, you're not uh, deserving, and you need to do this and do that, even become violent to get your way. God is holding back. The world is holding back on you. See, this is the same old trick to Satan and the, the, the bitterness that people have in their heart. Well, there's one thing, we'll say this and then we're done for today. There's one thing that solves the problem of bitterness. It's turning to a B word that's better than bitterness. It's the Bible. It's belief, another B, belief in God. And my friend, my call for you right now, even if you've not done anything to make a change in this world, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, right now I confess my sins against you and my fellow man. I accept you, Jesus, into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my sins. Help me to have to love you with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. Because we know this will obliterate hate, violence, and all the crazy things we see in our world today. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches through the servant of God. Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. 
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, teacher, lecturer, counselor, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Butler. We just encourage you to continue to pray for us as we press on here. And speaking of prayer, this is a prayer-driven ministry, and we just want to thank all of you who have been consistently praying for contending for the faith. Uh, we also want to thank those of you who have partnered with us financially here. Uh, we need both. We need consistent prayers, and we need your consistent giving. Um, cost us 400 a week to remain on the air, and right now we're up to date. Thank you so much, and we just want to encourage you to be consistent in the giving, consistent in the prayers. There's two ways you can donate. First off, you can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online. Get on your laptop, your tablet, or your smartphone, and go to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button. It's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. So, Dr. Buckner, ready to receive the first caller of the evening? Well, yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. So we're going to go to Jermaine. Are you there, Jermaine? I'm here. How are you doing, my brother? Oh, good, good. Good uh, Just wanted to pick back up where we left off last week um, about the biblical significance of the, the peace treaties. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, what did you remember me sharing with you the last time that uh, encouraged you? Um, I do remember you saying it, it was uh, something to the effect of it was good. I, I noticed that, and there was a biblical significance. And, uh, you know, but of course, you didn't have time to develop any point because we were right at the end of the show. But, you know, some uh, things have transpired since then, just in that one week, just yesterday, there was another treaty signed between Israel and Bahrain, and it seems to be, you know, like it's picking up steam here. There's a lot of momentum going with, with Israel and treaties with all these countries, and um, unfortunately, with the, the American media barely mentioning any of this, you have to kind of catch it when you catch it and find out, but I just wanted to hear you break down what you thought about these recent uh, developments. Yeah, well, most of the time you're not going to get uh, accurate uh, news unless you listen to Fox News uh, because they will tell you things that most of the uh, liberal media won't do. Uh, so that's for openers. And uh, the second thing is that uh, uh, Trump has uh, done tremendous uh, work in terms of uh, peace treaties um, and, uh, you know, I validate him for that. Uh, but I really do believe from a biblical perspective that, uh, this is all part of also, uh, the, uh, conditioning and preparatory, uh, work ultimately that will be of the Antichrist. I do believe in an Antichrist. And even though some say that, uh, the word Antichrist is never mentioned in the book of Revelation. It is mentioned in John, and he talks about a uh, Antichrist that was amongst them, and then he also talks about an Antichrist to come. So he puts it in a, 
uh, historical framework and then a futurist uh, framework. Now, uh, when one does a, a, a study of this man of sin, the son of perdition, uh, he will also uh, bring uh, peace. Uh, I think that everything that's happening right now is uh, preparatory work for the Antichrist to come. I'm going to give an example when I get back to the peace thing. Look at everything today uh, as far as uh, numerics. We're moving further and further away from cash to a cashless society. And uh, so uh, things are moving in the direction of numbers. And so according to Revelation 13, he will come forth with the number 666. And isn't it interesting that they have it where they want people to have six feet distance right now? Uh, they didn't say seven feet distance, six feet dis- distance. That's another conditioning. And then being in a Marxist socialist world today that's trying to move us back to the Hitler mentality or the Marxist socialist mentality, uh, that the Antichrist is going to come with that same uh, uh, teaching. And uh, when you look at things from a historical standpoint with Menachem Begin, and you look at uh, some other things uh, that is uh, happened with people like, uh, you know, Martin Luther King tried to bring peace, and he was knocked off. Mahatma Gandhi tried to bring peace. All these people were knocked off. So apparently he will bring success uh, in this area uh, in the first three and a half years. He will bring peace. And, and it's interesting that this peace thing will happen in the Middle East. So when you mention about the Middle East, and it's going to be a seven-year period of tribulation, well, the Middle East is where all of this is going to be at. And the Antichrist is not going to be somebody that's going to be a Gentile, because they're not going to let him sit in the temple, as it talks about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And the man of sin will be in the temple. So if he goes into the temple, that means that he's got to be Jewish or Middle Eastern So in order to go into the temple. But he will bring peace for three and a half years, and that's how he's going to dupe the whole world into believing in him, because he's going to be able to stop the wars over there and the violence, and the world's going to say, this is the man we're looking for. And then when you look at Revelation chapter 13, it says that he was wounded unto death. Well, he's going to be imitating everything that Christ was. Christ uh, died, and then he's going to act like he got killed, and according to Zechariah, there will be a shot right in the eye, and then he'll act like he was dead and come back alive. And it says the whole world wandered after him. So he's going to be hitting people up with the peace treaty. He's going to be successful with that, with uh, uh, assassination uh, attack. He's going to be successful with that. And the Bible says in Revelation 13, the whole world wandered after him. So this peace treaty thing that's going on today is a conditioning it's a conditioning and a preparatory thing that's moving in the direction of the man of sin, the son of perdition. And if we are biblically illiterate, we're going to be duped right by it. And, you know, the way you see people today, they're so easily uh, duped by 
uh, these governors that's telling them to do this and do that because so many of them on a power trip. Can you imagine the Antichrist coming and having control of stuff? And then says nobody will be able to buy and sell unless you take the mark of the beast. So this is going to be a Nazi Germany thing all over again. People will have to go underground, just like they did in Nazi Germany. Because you, the, the, the Christians who believe in God are not going to be able to buy and sell in the stores and then go to the banks. I don't know if we'll be here during that time, but I hope we're all gone. But I believe in a post-tribulation that we'll see the Antichrist if we're here, uh, because the Bible teaches that. It says he made war against the saints in Revelation 13. And those saints there are, are not Jewish saints. God is not going to take the Gentiles up and then leave the Jewish uh, saints here to be butchered by people like Rick. That would make God a racist God. They just don't have no uh, warrant to the Bible. So that's my assessment of it. And uh, But it's a conditioning and a preparatory thing leading right in the direction of the Antichrist. Hopefully that helps you uh, from a biblical perspective. Yes, Dr. Wagner, it sure does. I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting times. Just got to pay attention, I guess. Do we need to go to a commercial break? Uh, yeah, let's take the break now and then come back. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Uh, we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith and uh, continue to be consistent in prayer as well as your giving. Uh, there's two ways you can donate. First is Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. But the second way is so much easier. Just go go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, we're going to get right back to our callers. We're um, speaking with Jermaine. Hopefully he's still there. Brother Jermaine? Oh, yes, sir. I'm still here. Well, brother, we appreciate uh, your question. Always, we apologize for the uh, technical problems. I guess since we're talking a lot about the enemy, Satan, uh, he doesn't like it. So uh, he's going to attack it. So when I brought up uh, his name over and over and over, you know, he gets disturbed by that. But And then your question has a lot to do with the nature of the enemy as well. So... Uh, he's, uh, but he's a defeated foe. We thank the Lord for that. So we appreciate your, uh, question. Hopefully we're, we're able to, uh, give you some good meat around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a whole lot more than I see on mainstream television. So I'll just keep my, my eyes open and keep reading scripture. Yes. And keep listening to Fox News because that's where you're going to get your, uh, most of the, uh, you know, good stuff. All right. God bless you, brother. Right. God bless. Thank you. All righty. All right. Let's go to our next caller who's been waiting patiently. Um, brother Cece is waiting, and he has a question about futurism and preterism. 
All righty. Uh, Brother CC, how you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hang in there. How you doing? Oh, we're, we're, we're truly blessed. We trust that you also got really encouraged by the word tonight. There's never been a time that happened. The Spirit is always leading you, um, and you always, you always um, do a really good job exegeting the scriptures and um, giving good connotation. I appreciate it. Oh, good. Very good. So you have a question about uh, what a preterist is and a futurist is? Yeah, I wanted to ask your views on these two uh, different uh, subject matters. Or if you well, want to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, break it down to you. Uh, a preterist is basically someone who uh, teaches and believes that um, the tribulation period and all of that stuff uh, happened in 70 A.D., so they uh, put everything back in a uh, historical framework. And the only uh, thing that they hold to uh, that will happen in the future is um, the second coming of Christ, uh, the resurrection, the new heaven and the new earth. Um, that's what they hold to. So they believe that um, they don't believe in like a future Antichrist that will come. Uh, like uh, the way I do, uh, they believe that uh, uh, the Emperor Titus, when he came into the temple and destroyed it in 70 A.D., uh, that uh, he was a type of Antichrist. Uh, so that's the preterist view. I don't hold to that view uh, because uh, when you look at Matthew chapter 24 and even Revelation, uh, it is a uh, local prophecy, uh, Matthew 24, is a local prophecy, and it's a futuristic prophecy. Uh, preterists don't think that way. They only think about things in a historical framework, uh, but they do hold to a second coming and a resurrection, a new heaven and a new earth, uh, and a, a judgment. Uh, whereas, uh, let me add some more meat to this, whereas a full preterist is somebody that See, there's a difference between a preterist and a full preterist. A full preterist is somebody that says that everything happened in the historical framework. So that means that uh, there will be no uh, second coming, resurrection, new heaven and new earth and all that, because they believe that everything already happened, and they spiritualize it and put everything in a historical framework uh, that's different from a preterist. They are full preterist is worse than a preterist. Now, uh, the uh, futurist is something that I hold to, but I hold the two positions from a biblical perspective. That is, uh, I'm a historicist and a futurist, which means that uh, historicist means that uh, the local prophecies took place in 70 AD, uh, where the, the Titus came in and destroyed the temple, as Jesus said, uh, no stone will be left upon another, uh, but he also uh, pointed to a future as well uh, in terms of the abomination desolation and put a, the the preterists will put the abomination desolation taking place in 70 A.D. I believe that that's something that will be happening in the future according to the Bible. So I'm a historicist and a futurist, meaning that some of the prophecies in the Bible has been fulfilled in a historical framework, and then a futurist 
position that some of it is yet to still be fulfilled. A preterist wouldn't take it to that level on that greater of a level. So hopefully that helped to give you some insight. Uh, I kind of gave you some extra meat on the bone uh, in adding to it uh, what a full preterist is, preterist, and then I added also some more meat on the bone talking about the historicists and the futurists. Uh, so I wanted to kind of bring in some extra stuff for you. Hey, I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I got, I got it. Thanks. You got it. All right. Well, one day, one day, one day, I'm going to ask you to give it back to me what I shared with you. So, uh, to make sure you you got it. So be prepared for that. You, you never know okay. what I'm going to throw you for a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's, let's uh, because our time is uh, almost uh, out, we want to give Brother Rick uh, some time. Uh, we uh, Let's give us, give us a, a, a quick uh, prayer request, and we'll pray for that real quick before we let you go. Pray for my family, my mother. Just pray for my family, my mother, and celebrities, and uh, that I could just uh, not worry about things I can't uh, have uh, have no control over. All right, sounds good, brother Gary. All right, well, Lord, we just lift up these prayer requests that CC has mentioned. We pray that you meet every need that's represented in his life. That you continue to bless him with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Continue to bless him to stay strong. Bless his family. Bless these celebrities and move in a mighty way in his life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother C.C., for your call and your question. A good question tonight. Well, Brother Gary, do we need to go to a commercial break, or do we have time to go right to the uh, next? Uh, uh, no, we, we're going to have to go to the next one, because when we leave, it's it's time to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we better right. try to get Rick to we'll next here. Brother Rick has a question. Why was God silent during the intertestamental period? Amen. Is Brother Rick there or is he off? I am here. Yeah, main, main question is uh, why, why was God silent during the uh, period uh, between the time Malachi was written and, of course, uh, the, uh, the, the Gospels? Okay, very We're good. We're talking about a 400-plus year period. Very, very good, very good. Uh, well, those are two really good uh, good uh, questions there. Uh, let me just say this: um, a few things about the inner New Testament, uh, intertestamental period, which you have from Malachi to uh, uh, you know Matthew. Uh, it's an interesting period with so much stuff going on, and that's when you had um, uh, during that period of time you had a lot of the. Uh, apocryphal books and pseudepigraphal books being uh, written, and you know you have the Maccabean uh, period revolt against uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, who was a type of the Antichrist. So you had all of that stuff going on. But let me kind of uh, break down to you what I believe uh, is uh, the reason why there was so much uh, uh, 400 years of silence. Um, it's because when you look at Amos chapter 8 and verses 11 through 12, uh, in Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 12, it says there in verse 11, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, 
that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but the hearing of the words of the Lord. And verse 12 says, And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from north even to the east. They shall uh, run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Now, what this is referring to in Amos is this means that God would not send prophets to speak to the people regarding the word of God because of their ongoing disobedience and idolatry and immorality. So they were hard-hearted, wicked, uh, his people, uh, into idolatry and immorality. And this means that uh, God would not allow them to even hear the word of God uh, through uh, dreams, visions, and the Urim and the Thummim. Uh, and so a classic case of this, Brother Rick, is uh, of Amos 8 and verses 11 and 12. You remember King Saul in the Old Testament wasn't able to get a word uh, from the Lord, and he needed a word from the Lord in dealing with the Philistines and other enemies were coming in. And so because of his own personal disobedience, and I'm building up on something, because of his own personal disobedience, he went to the witch of Endor. We find this in uh, 1 Samuel 28, uh, the first seance in the Bible. Uh, and uh, he went to her because he couldn't get a word from the Lord. And so during the intertestamental uh, time, a 400-year period after Amos between Malachi and Jesus, uh, mentioned in Matthew, there was a 400-year similar situation, uh, another famine until John the Baptist came, and God didn't speak to the people for 400 years because they weren't listening to the prophets. Uh, they had their hands covering their ears uh, and their eyes regarding God's Word. So sometimes when we end up uh, being disobedient, God will just pull back. You know, it's kind of like what I was saying about uh, earlier, the writer of Hebrews talking about losing God's grace and favor. Uh, so the 400 years uh, silence, I think God uh, was silent because he's trying to teach people some lessons, uh, not allowing them to hear the Word of God, and uh, Hosea kind of talks about this. Uh, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and because you have rejected God's word, God has rejected you. So, but uh, God couldn't keep silent uh, more than 400 years because his promise of a new covenant with Jesus Christ, uh, that he would come. And so he broke the silence in Christ, but I believe the silence has to do with uh, the people's disobedience, but God still was working through the Maccabean brothers, and uh, and during the inner uh, testamental period, uh, you had a lot of things uh, going on uh, during that period, but it wasn't anything in terms of the bibliology. Uh, you had uh, the uh, trans, uh, translation of the Jewish scriptures in Koine Greek, uh, known as the Septuagint, you had the synagogues established. Uh, Greek and Aramaic became the common language during the Jewish people. And then you had the Heronian uh, dynasty uh, developed during that 400-year period. Uh, you had the uh, 
the uh, production of the 14 books of the biblical, uh, they call it the biblical apocrypha uh, and uh, pseudepigraphal. And then you had also during that 400-year period, uh, I'm kind of giving you a class on this, but you had the, uh, the Essenes, and you had also the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Zealots. I always call them Pharisees. They could not see, you see. And Sadducees, they were very sad, you see. So uh, that's a Reader's Digest condensation of that 400-year period. Hopefully that's giving you some additional insight, Brother Rick. Brother Rick? People, people are trying to do things right in their own eyes, their own eyes, their own eyes again. Yeah, yeah. Because there was no revelation. Yeah, and you saw, it's like it's like what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter two, right? It says um, because they rejected the truth that God sent them strong delusions that they would believe a lie than the truth, and then you get yourself to the place of a reprobate mind in Romans chapter one. God will just send. It's kind of like with the tribe of uh, Ephraim. You remember in the Bible, this is a, this is a classic case of it says. Ephraim is just like the idols. Yeah, the tribe leave of them alone. joined themselves into idols, and God says, therefore, leave them alone. Uh, I believe that 400-year period of silence, God just left them alone for a while to teach them some lessons. So anyway, unfortunately, our time time our mortal enemy is rushing by with rapidity uh thank you for that good question you kind of brought out a lot of my professorship there amen we will talk uh, god bless god bless well brother gary uh, i'm going to turn it over to you to say uh, some closing words uh, on what we learned today and knock a home run in the name of jesus well we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast we'd like to thank vince our engineer for pulling us through uh, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Uh, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.